your door is your heart. We are to guard our heart. God's word says so. Guard your heart. Stay at your post. Be watchful. Be weary. Be careful. Because the enemy, the enemy can get into your home through your door, which is the heart. Do you have any cracks? Is the door locked? Is it sealed? There are things that you do to stay in Christ. You trust him. You love him. You obey him. You honor him. You give your life to him. You give him your whole heart, not part of your heart. You see, when we continue intentionally sinning, I'm not talking about making mistakes. I'm talking about when we continue in blatant, intentional sinning that comes from our heart. We're to serve God with our whole heart. And when we continue in that, we're not serving God with our whole heart. Therefore, you are not in Christ. Hi, it's Lindley Yaz. And with everything that's taking place right now in the world, and there is a lot of panic and hysteria, people can't even hardly buy toilet paper right now. There's also rumor and talk of martial law, of quarantines and all sorts of things. So I've been doing a lot of discussions about fear and how fear is one of the number one weapons the enemy is using to destroy us. It's a proven fact when we are prepared and being prepared is not a godless type of fear. God wants us to be prepared. It's a proven fact when we are prepared, we tend to be less fearful because we are prepared for what is coming. So I want to invite you to visit my sponsors at preparewithlyn.com, and that is one N L Y N. Preparewithlyn.com. Check out their survival products. They have survival food and so forth. Check it out again. That is preparewithlyn.com. So don't live in fear. Don't give yourselves reasons to be tempted into fear. Make sure that you are prepared fully, you and your family for the things that are coming before it's too late. Hi, it's Lonely Oz, and today's message is so powerful. In fact, somewhere near the end of it, I have a word for you. I'm going back and recording this and putting this at the beginning. The Lord gave me a very mighty, powerful word for all of you for right now with the things that are going on. So I just want you to stay with me in this message. It is so powerful, and the word from the Lord was just quite profound. So 
be sure and listen to this entire message because it's going to bless you. Hey, it's Lindley Yaz, and welcome to another episode of Truth Hunters with your host, me, Lindley Yaz. And I have been revealing some very important information to you the Lord has led me to. I'm going to go back the last two video messages. First, I discussed with you about cellular memory and how the enemy principalities, they're actually reprogramming you and they are bringing disaster, torment, sickness, disease, just controlling you through these strongholds they are creating through your heart. Again, your heart, science has proven, has a brain of its own. In fact, that brain in your heart controls your head brain more than your head brain controls your heart. Very interesting. So if you missed that message, you want to go back two videos ago about principalities. So this is how they're doing it. Very important message. Then we discussed fear and the sin of fear and how fear is coming against us and what diseases fear is causing. So today we're going to talk about a couple other things that are very important the Lord has led me to. So for those of you who may have missed my last few video messages, let me just very quickly tell you the biblical definition of heart from the Strong's Concordance. The soul or heart of man, the mind, knowledge, thinking, reflection, memory, inclination, resolution, determination of will, the seat of the emotion, the seat of the will, the intellect, conscience, the mind, the seat of appetites, the seat of emotions and passions, the seat of courage. So those are some of the words according to the Strong's Concordance that the word heart used in the Bible means. So that's very important to understand that. We also know that science discovered that the heart has a brain. All right, that is probably the feelings and emotions part of us, all right? So we're going to start today with how our thoughts, according to science and according to the Bible, how our thoughts have the ability to change your brain, your cells, and even your genes. I'm going to reveal that to you, and we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about our thoughts. We're also going to delve into words and faith and a little bit of fear, okay? So first and foremost, we know that the enemy Satan likes to come and remind us of our past and make us to dwell in our past. And of course, now we have the scientific understanding of how he does that. So let's take a look at the man who was in the garden of Gadarene, the one whom Jesus cast out legion from. So the man was being tormented by past demons. Satan and his devils love to remind us of our past hurts, failures, and disappointments that we have experienced in our life. He does this through cellular memory, as I have revealed. Now, the Greek word for tombs used in that passage is translated a memorial to perpetuate the memory of a person, place, or a thing. And if you recall, in those verses, the devil's names were legion because they were many. So this man was tormented with many past memories, hurts, failures, and disappointments. Now you can read about that 
in Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. So this man would cut himself. He lived and dwelled among the dead. So when we dwell on past hurts and negativity in our lives and we dwell on those things, it is the same as death, spiritual death. As we see, tombs translated means a memorial to perpetuate the memory of a person, place, or thing. So that's very interesting. So now that we have talked about that, how can these past memories or what we think about, what our mind dwells on, our thoughts, how can our thoughts change our brain, our cells, and our genes? Well, every minute of every day, your body is physically reacting, literally changing in response to the thoughts that run through your mind. So after I share the science of it, then we're going to look at what God's word has to say about our thoughts. And we're going to see how these things just make so much sense together. It's phenomenal. So I have highlighted here, there's a whole article. Your thoughts sculpt your brain. Every thought you have causes neurochemical changes, some temporary and some lasting. For instance, when people consciously practice gratitude, they get a surge of rewarding neurotransmitters like dopamine, and they experience a general alerting and brightening of the mind, probably correlated with more of the neurochemical. Now, this is a big word for Lynn Liaz, and you all know that I have the gift of mispronunciation. So I'm going to try here. Norepinephrine. That is spelled N-O-R-E-P-I-N-E-P-H-R-I-N-E, -E -E, norepinephrine. So they did a study in college students who were deeply in love with someone and they showed pictures of their sweeties, it says, and their brains became more active in the caudate nucleus, a reward center, giving them that in love swoon. When they stopped looking at the pictures, their reward centers went back to sleep. All right, so let's look at the next thing. Your thoughts program your cells. Now we've talked about the heart brain and we know that the human heart operates on electricity, okay? Your thoughts program your cells. A thought is an electrochemical event taking place in your nerve cells, producing a cascade of physiological changes. The article, How Your Thoughts Program Your Cells, explains it this way. There are thousands upon thousands of receptors on each cell in your body. Each receptor is specific to one peptide or protein. When we have feelings of anger, sadness, guilt, excitement, happiness, or nervousness, each separate emotion releases its own flurry of neuropeptides. Those peptides surge through the body and connect with those receptors, which change the structure of each cell as a whole. Where this gets interesting is when the cells actually divide. If a cell has been exposed to a certain peptide more than others, 
the new cell that is produced through its division will have more of the receptor that matches with that specific peptide. Likewise, the cell will also have less receptors for peptides that its mother or sister cell was not exposed to as often. So if you have been bombarding your cells with peptides from negative thoughts, you're literally programming your cells to receive more of the same negative peptides or proteins in the future. What's even worse is that you're lessening the number of receptors of positive peptides on the cells, making yourself more inclined toward negativity. Every cell in your body is replaced about every two months. So the good news is you can reprogram your pessimistic cells to be more optimistic by adopting positive thinking practices like mindfulness and gratitude for permanent results. However, instead of that, I'm going to show you why God tells us to meditate on his word, why we fight the enemy with God's word, why we fight the enemy with praise, why our words and our thoughts go hand in hand. I'll show you that in a minute. But there's more. Your thoughts activate your genes. You are speaking to your genes with every thought you have. The fast-growing field of epigenetics is showing that who you are is the product of the things that happen to you in your life, which change the way your genes operate. Now, we're not talking about blue genes here. We're talking about genes you know, in our body, in our DNA. I'm sure that you're already aware of that. Genes are actually switched on or off depending on your life experiences and your genes and lifestyle form a feedback loop. Your life doesn't alter the genes that you were born with. What changes is your genetic activity, meaning the hundreds of proteins, enzymes, and other chemicals that regulate your cells. Only about 5% of gene mutations are thought to be the direct cause of health issues. Check this out. That leaves 95% of genes linked to disorders acting as influencers, which can be influenced one way or another depending on life factors. Of course, many of these are beyond your control, like childhood events, but some are entirely within your control such as diet, exercise, stress management, and emotional states. The last two factors are directly dependent on your thoughts. All right, I want to point out something here real quick in case there might be someone watching who has missed my last few videos. But stress is the modern day term for fear, anxiety, panic, doubt, worry, all of that stuff. So fear and stress are the same thing, different words. Modern day society calls fear stress. So if you're sitting there thinking, I don't really struggle with fear. Well, you're mistaken because all of us struggle with stress a lot. So very important to remember stress and fear, modern day term for fear, anxiety, panic, worry, doubt, unbelief, and all that fun, fun stuff. So now we're going to look at what the Bible has to say. Now, keep in mind that the healing for these corrupted, misprogrammed cellular memories, and that is how the enemy creates a stronghold 
So he transmits a signal or a frequency to the minds of men, which happen to be our heart brains. He transmits that frequency to us, locks us in, reprograms us. This even reprograms your DNA and does all sorts of nasty, nasty stuff. That is how a stronghold is created. However, when you speak God's word and you begin to praise the Lord, you send a frequency from the Holy Spirit right back to the enemy that causes horrible, horrible, intense pain and anguish and thus, as a result, weakens his signal. Now the goal is to totally obliterate and destroy his signal. So the more you keep quoting God's word and praising and singing praises, the more you are destroying that stronghold. So now let's look here at some verses that have to do with thoughts and the mind. Your thoughts have power. Thoughts in line with the word of God will protect you, spirit, soul, and body. Negative thoughts will cost you dearly in the same areas. It may not seem like it, but when it comes to the thoughts that we think, we have a choice. Thoughts can come into your mind from all sides, but you can choose what will stay and what you will cast out. According to Dr. Carolyn Leaf, toxic thoughts such as stress, worry, fear, anger, and unforgiveness actually cause damage to the brain. Chemicals are released into the brain, causing chaos and damage. Those toxic thoughts can cause a loss of sleep or the ability to do your job right, physical illness, and more. In a spiritual sense, those toxic thoughts connect you to the curse. But when you guard your mind and your thoughts or guard your heart and keep yourself in an attitude of faith, praise, thanksgiving, and truth, you come over to healing, deliverance, and victory. The Bible is clear about the power of the mind, the power of the thoughts, and the power of our words, which we're going to get into. If you haven't focused on taking every thought captive, guarding your heart and your mind, and watching what you think and say, now is the time. Begin today and start speaking it and start thinking about God's word. Okay, so let's take a look at what the Bible says about the importance of our thoughts, okay? Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isaiah 43, 18, remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 94, 11, the Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know my heart. Seed of our emotions, our thoughts, our will, our desire, our passion. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own thoughts. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. 
Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Interesting that a lot of things to do with our thoughts, the heart is mentioned. Matthew 6, 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. There's that anxiety, worry, fear, stress word. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. And he said to them, you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. You, my friends sitting there watching this, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, all is all, all is not some of, part of, or even half of, or 99.9.99% of, all is all. Mark 7, 21 and 22, for from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, where does that come from? All those nasty, horrible, sinful, corrupt things I just said? Well, according to Mark chapter 7, verses 21 and 22, they come from within the heart. Mark 12, 30. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We are given the mind of Christ we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Now keep in mind that cellular memory that was created by Jesus on the cross when he gave his life. Okay, there's your perfect love. Jesus gave his life for us when he wasn't even guilty and he went through great torment, pain, and anguish. He also experienced anxiety when he prayed and he sweated blood, he had so much anxiety that he sweated blood. Okay, there's your perfect love. And then your perfect fear, the type of fear that we're supposed to have, which is the fear of God. In his obedience to God the Father, Jesus went to the cross and he feared God and he trusted him. So there's your perfect love, which cast out fear. How does it cast out fear? Because it was perfect love created in the very cellular memory of Jesus Christ, which cast out the fear of man and instilled only the fear of God. Now there's one more thing, my friends, one more thing. Okay, under the old covenant, if someone sinned, it involved a animal sacrifice. So an animal sacrifice, the blood of an animal. So when Jesus came, and if you remember, the soldier pierced his side right after he died. Jesus's blood and the water that came out went all over the ground. Okay, what are we made of? We are made from the dust of the earth. So that was a spiritually significant event in many ways. But one of those ways is that the cellular memory, the cells, the DNA, the blood of Jesus went onto the earth. From that point forward, we were now under the new covenant, which is the blood of Jesus, the once and for all sacrifice given to us.
in which we could come to him. So when we ask Jesus to be our savior and to come into our heart, we automatically are given that cellular memory of what Jesus did for us. And remember too, the cellular memories are generational. They travel throughout generation to generation to generation. Profound. Ephesians 4.23, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, Philippians 2.5, have the mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Then we have Philippians 4.6-7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, the number one destroyer of cellular memory of your good cells, your peaceful cells is fear. Fear and anxiety was the number one thing listed as the thing that corrupts your cellular memories. What is the opposite of fear and anxiety peace? What are we always promised throughout scripture when we have Jesus Christ? We are promised the perfect peace, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. We can't comprehend it. We can't understand it. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's right. Now, there's many more verses, but I have to move on. I want to encourage you to do a study, Google it, do a study on the thoughts, okay, and how important your thoughts are in God's word and read those scriptures. I don't know if I read this one. Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Psalm 139, 23 and 24, search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So a lot of verses on the heart. Maybe another time when we have time, we'll read some more of those. But now we need to jump ahead to our words. Okay, so this is a little bit of science in relation to cellular memory. It says all words, thoughts, and feelings that are directed towards you or ones that you're thinking upon or speaking are recorded in your internal hard drive and associated cells and organ systems. Interesting. So that's a little science there on the importance of our words because I shared with you first about thoughts. Now words. If we use our words properly, they can move mountains. Use them wrong and they can cause your entire life to just crumble. Do not ever underestimate the power of your words. Satan doesn't. Satan knows how important and powerful words and thoughts are. He works constantly to get you to turn them in a negative direction. He will fire darts of pain and sickness and discouragement at you just to get you to speak faithless words or words of doubt. Words that will eventually send your life up in smoke. Do not let him succeed. Make no mistake, your words are not meaningless or powerless in your life. They have creative power. You know, you think about it. 
God demonstrated that when he created the heavens and the earth. He spoke it. Begin to take control of your life by getting control of your tongue. Refuse to speak anything other than the word of God about your life or your situation. Okay, this is very important. So let's look at some scriptures about our words. Psalm 19 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That was a verse we also read to do with our thoughts previously. Psalm 34 13, then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Psalm 141 3, set a guard over my mouth, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 10 19, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Woo! <laughs> Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and just keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 10.31 The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. Proverbs 12.14 Wise words bring many benefits. Do you see here? That, you know, once we understand the science of things, the Bible, when it speaks these words to us about our heart, our thoughts, our words, it's so clear. I mean, God wasn't just having someone sit down and be poetic. He was being specific. Proverbs twelve eighteen: the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 13, 3. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. I've seen a lot of people who basically just destroy everything in their lives, every bit of goodness they destroy with their mouth. Oh, yeah. They just spew all sorts of horrible things. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Very true. Proverbs 15.2, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of the fools pour out folly. Proverbs 15.4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 15.28, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Proverbs 16.24, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So true. Proverbs 17.27, he who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Ooh, Proverbs 18.21, check this one out. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. Thinking of this cellular memory and how our corrupted cellular memories and our false cellular memories actually bring death and sickness and destruction to us. Proverbs 29.20. I've known a few people like this. and I think we've all been this before too. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs 31, 26. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instruction with kindness. Matthew 12, 36. I tell you that every careless word the people speak, they shall give an accounting for it 
and the day of judgment. Every careless word that we speak, we shall be accountable for it on the day of judgment. Matthew 12, 37, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Let me just look for a few more because there's a lot. Matthew 15, 11, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Matthew 15, 18, but the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. The things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And those defile the man. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. James 1.26, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Now here's a really good one I cannot leave out in this conversation. James 3, 3 through 6. The tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Then James 3.10, And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. And finally, I'll finish with this one here, 1 Peter 3.10. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Okay, so our words are very, very, very important. Our thoughts are very important. Okay, very important. And we cannot deny that. The Bible tells us that over and over and over and over again. Psalm 1914, let the words of thy mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. We read that one. Psalm 39, 1, I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. Okay, so everything we think, this is what we've learned so far. Everything we think and everything we speak, I showed you even scientifically, is important to your life your spiritual life, your physical life, your spiritual health, your physical health. It's all very, very important. So now we're going to have a look at fear first, okay? And after we look at fear, we are going to look at faith. And then after we look at fear and faith, just a little bit, we're going to talk about how the enemy is using our thoughts, our words, and our lack of faith, and how he's using fear to destroy the body of Christ today. And these are the end times. And because it's the end times, the enemy knows his time is short. So we, as God's children on this earth, we need to make sure that we don't allow the enemy to make us believe our time is short. Okay, we need to be at our full potential for these days, for what is coming, and so that we can be a witness of the truth of Jesus Christ to a fallen, dying, sinful world. Because that is our call, that is our job. 
So I'm going to share these things with you, okay? And then we're just going to have this full picture now, full-blown picture of what the enemy is doing. And we have to know the truth because the truth is what sets us free. Okay, so now you're starting to get a better picture of scientifically speaking and biblically speaking, how our thoughts and our words are very important, how they actually shape us and form us and they create the type of life that we're going to live, no matter what we're going through. If we dwell on negativity, if we dwell on things that have hurt us, remember the heart is a seat of our will, the seat of our desire, our passions, our emotions, and all that. So if we dwell on those things, we are actually allowing the enemy who has formed these strongholds to do extreme damage to us. So a lot of our things that we're suffering with are because of these strongholds from these principalities who are reprogramming your very cells in your body for failure and destruction. So now let's take a look at fear. I know we spent a great deal of time in my last video discussing fear. However, I can't really give this message appropriately without addressing a little bit of fear in it. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, this is very important, in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, that's praise, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, we just talked about that verse when we were talking about our words and our thoughts. The peace of God. Okay, so you're going to have the peace of God in your very cells going to work and fighting all of the false programming that has taken place in your body from the enemy. Peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. John 14, 27, Jesus's own words. So by Jesus coming and dying on the cross for our sins, he left us with his perfect peace. Peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give to you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. Okay, next, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you have the ungodly fear and anxiety, that does not come from God. That is from the enemy. Now we have 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, I shared with you in a science article two videos ago that they had conducted studies and love is what cast out those false damaged cellular memories. It was love. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Psalm 94, 19. Proverbs 12, 25. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. 
Next, Isaiah 35, 4. Tell anyone who is discouraged, be strong and do not be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. Wow, I love that verse. Tell everyone who is discouraged, be strong and don't be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. So I say that to you, my friends out there watching. If you're discouraged, I want to tell you, do not be afraid. Be strong. Why? Because you serve a mighty, loving, caring God who is coming to your rescue. Yes, he is. God's word doesn't lie. So if the enemy is trying to tell you God has forgotten you, God is not going to help you. You're doomed. The enemy is lying to you. Don't receive that lie. Don't believe that lie because God's word says he is coming to rescue you. Hold on to that. Believe it and receive it. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Don't let the enemy have a stronghold on you. Don't let these principalities inject their toxic venom into your cells. Rather, let God be your stronghold because he is your stronghold in the day of trouble. Whom shall you be afraid? Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. So take every bit of anxiety and worry and fear and everything that is weighing you down in this race that we're running and give it to God. He will sustain you. He will never let you fall. Isaiah 41, 13 through 14. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid for I myself will help you. Do not be afraid, says the Lord, for I myself will help you declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Praise God. The Lord your God says to you, I myself will help you. Yes, me, the Lord your God. I will help you. I'm your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 118, 6 through 7. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Now, here we have Mark 4, 39 and 40. He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves. Now, this is Jesus speaking. He gets up, rebukes the wind, says to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? This is a great example of our words. Look what Jesus did. And Jesus said that all these things that he did, we could do too. He just spoke to it. He said to the wind and to the waves. Now there's explanation points after his statements, which I feel is important. He didn't just say, oh, I'll be quiet. 
He said it with boldness and with authority. Quiet, be still. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Again, that's Psalm 34, 7. Psalm 34, 4. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. You see, God wants you to be free from all of these things. He wants you to be free. He does not want you living in fear. He doesn't want you living in a state of depression and destruction. He doesn't want these principalities and these demons to have hold on you. He wants you set free, and that's why he's showing you what to do. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. Deuteronomy 3.22, Revelation 1.17. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Mark 5.36, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. And then we have Romans 8, 38 and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Zephaniah three seventeen. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Now, this one's lengthy, but I got to share this one with you. It comes from Psalms chapter 91, verses 1 through 16. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand! may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Now think of this plague that's going around, the pandemic, this uh, coronavirus. A thousand, we're hearing reports of thousands of people dying from it and many of us are afraid. But God's word says a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But you, God's people, if you believe, and you do not let fear in. If you let fear in, you're welcoming it to you. You're begging for the enemy to come to you if you live in fear. But if you trust in God, if you trust in the Lord, it will not come near you. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Because he loves me, says the Lord. Now this is the Lord talking. The Lord looks back and he sees you there in your faith, trusting in him, leaning on him. And the Lord says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. 
What is the key there? Because this is God talking here. God says, right after a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, it won't come near you. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And here's why. The Lord says, because you love him, he's going to rescue you. He will protect you. Also, because you acknowledge his name, you love him, you acknowledge his name. And the Lord says, you will call upon him and he will answer you. He will be with you in trouble. You, he will deliver you and honor you because you love him. Do you know love involves trust? Love involves obedience. Love and trust and obey the Lord your God. Don't live in fear. He will guard you. A thousand may fall at your side, my friend. 10,000 may fall at your right hand. They could be dead bodies all around you and you will be left standing unscathed because you trusted in the Lord your God, because you loved him, because you called upon him. He will rescue you. Psalm 112 verse 1, praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Psalm 56, 3 and 4, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And God, whose word I praise, and God, I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So now that we've talked about fear, let's talk about faith. We know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let's have a look at what the Bible says about faith. First, we're going to look at Hebrews 11 verses 1 through 6. Now, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about what we've learned about cellular memory and how these principalities are going in and damaging your cells and reprogramming them. See, God originally had them programmed one way. They're reprogramming them for destruction and defeat. So now we're going to look at what the Bible says about faith, remembering that there is substance to these things. Now, on the flip side, the Holy Spirit can come in and deprogram all of that and reprogram you the way God meant you to be if you do a little bit of work and let him. So Hebrews 11, one through six. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible by the words. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that's a capital H. In other words, you must believe that God is God. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must believe in the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are you seeking God or are you seeking God diligently? Diligently, like with all of your heart. If someone told you there was buried treasure in your yard, you would be out there digging for it night and day all over the place, looking for that buried treasure. You're to seek God even more so than that. So let's look at some verses. Some of these might be repeats of verses that we've already read, but hey, you know what? You can't have too much of God's word. Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. Again, all things are possible with God, Jesus himself said. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 37, 23 and 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and be strong. Matthew 28, 20, and surely I am with you always to the very end of this age. Surely I am with you always, even to the very end of this age. Psalm 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Do you know the heart is also referred to as your inner being, according to the Strong's definition? Through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 5.7, for we live by faith, not by sight. And James 1.6, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed to the wind. Matthew 17, 20, truly I tell you that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
John 635, this is the last verse, but the Lord just spoke to me a moment ago and I'm to share one more with you that's very important. So one more after this. John 635, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So there's one more verse I have to share with you that's very important and relevant to some things that are going on now that God just spoke to me. So I have to get up and go get my Bible. I will be right back. Okay, we were looking at Psalm 91 just a moment ago. There was an important part that I need to brush on. Let's go ahead and look at it. I want all of us each and every day, as much as you can, to read Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is talking about pestilence and plagues. Right now we have this plague and the schools here in Ohio, this is the last day for all schools, or it could have been yesterday, I don't remember, but they're gonna be closed for at least three weeks. Spring break has come but they're closing down for three weeks due to the threat of this coronavirus. So let's read this. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So you have to dwell in, in the shelter of the Most High. You have to, to have a repentant heart. Don't let yourself be ruled by fear. Have the blood of the Lamb on your doorpost. You will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Do you hear that? If you trust in the Lord your God, now there's more. What I'm getting to is what the Lord told me I need to share. He said, you need to go back and reshare that, and there's one important part too that they need to hear. So I'm getting to that. But if you make the Lord your God your habitation, and you trust in Him, and you turn away from sin, and you turn away from fear, and only fear God, do not fear man, do not fear this illness, only fear God. If you fear God, you're going to be obeying Him, living in Him, breathing in Him, moving in Him. Let Him be your shelter. He will protect you. And then thousands of people, tens of thousands may fall at your left and your right. But you're just going to look on. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Now, for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For you have made the Lord my refuge, 
even the Most High, your dwelling place, if you are dwelling in the Lord your God through his Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your dwelling or your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Now here's the Lord talking as I was relating to you earlier. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and let him behold my salvation. You want to know the answer to the coronavirus, COIV, B, whatever, the bubonic plagues and the SARS? and Ebola's and anything else, the answer is in Psalm 91. The answer is in Psalm 91. Do not fear, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. As I said in the last video, have the blood of the lamb on your doorpost, which is your heart. Your heart is the gateway, the entrance to evil, and to the Holy Spirit. It's your doorpost. That means God has given you the authority to decide who you want in and who you want out. If there was someone in your house you didn't want there, you would get them out. If someone came to your door that you didn't want in, you would lock your door and seal them out. If Jesus came to town, you would open your door and let him in. In fact, you wouldn't want him to leave. You'd invite him to stay there forever. Well, my friends, your door is your heart. We are to guard our heart. God's word says so. Guard your heart. Stay at your post. Be watchful. Be weary. Be careful. Because the enemy... The enemy can get into your home through your door, which is the heart. Do you have any cracks? Is the door locked? Is it sealed? My friends, it's written right here in God's word. If you stay in the Lord, okay, don't just quote Psalm 91 out of your head. Quote it from your heart. Do what it says. Find out how do I stay in Christ? There are things that you do to stay in Christ. You trust him. You love him. You obey him. You honor him. You give your life to him. You give him your whole heart, not part of your heart. You see, when we continue intentionally sinning, I'm not talking about making mistakes. I'm talking about when we continue in blatant, intentional sinning, that comes from our heart. We're to serve God with our whole heart. And when we continue in that, we're not serving God with our whole heart. Therefore, you are not in Christ. 
Again, I will say to you, I'm not talking about making mistakes. I'm talking about purposefully sinning, sins of omission. There is a difference. Psalm 91. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. Right there, Psalm 91. All right, so this video has gotten long, so it's time to pray. But before I pray, I just want to remind all of you to please share these videos, help me fight the censorship, go to Truth Hunters, the free app, and the shows are also free. John McTiernan is now uh, uploading his videos to me, and I'm uploading them to Truth Hunters if you want to see his awesome ministry, Healing the Broken Heart. So get the free app. You can get it through uh, Roku. Apple TV, Amazon Fire, it's also available for any Android or Apple device. That's Truth Hunters. Be sure and go get the app because the censorship is really hot and heavy here on regular social media. And there will come a day when you guys may not be able to hear me this way or anybody that you listen to who talks about the truth of the Lord. So be sure and go get that app, okay? Also... I require your support for what I do. I am mostly viewer supported and I'm also paying for the Truth Hunters TV stuff, okay? So I do need your support to continue bringing the truth to the people. People are blessed all over the world. I get emails and letters all the time. So if you feel led to help support this ministry and my bringing the truth to the people, you can do so via my PayPal or my P.O. Box check or money order. That information is scrolling across the bottom of the screen. And it is also below the video in the video description. If you're watching me on Truth Hunters, that information is located in the section that says more. And there's a place where you can give. I just want to thank those of you who have been sewing into this ministry Seriously, I would not be able to continue doing this without you. I want each and every one of you to know how much I appreciate you and how much I really thank you for supporting me and making these videos possible. These videos are possible because of those of you who do so into the Lindley Oz ministry. So thank you and God bless you. I know who each and every one of you are. That being said, don't forget to share the videos, like the videos, and help circulate these videos so that people can know the truth of God's word. We are in the end times. It is of the utmost that we prepare for the things that are coming, not just physically, but spiritually. So let's go ahead and pray real quick. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just thank you so much for feeding us with the words of your truth. Thank you for your care and your love and your mercy. Thank you for your direction in our lives. Thank you, Father, that you have given us the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy against us, Father, through the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus and the Holy Spirit made available to us through that. Lord, thank you for your precious, precious gift, Father. And we just love you and thank you and we praise you, Heavenly Father. Just praise you and magnify your mighty name, Lord. Thank you and praise you, Father. 
thank you for the wonderful, beautiful things that you do for us, even things we don't even know about, Father. We just thank you. You are the great I am. You are the first and the last. You are the Alpha, the Omega. You are our Abba Father, by which we call out Daddy. You are our Heavenly Daddy who loves us and cares for us, Father. And we just thank you and we praise you. Lord, your name is above all names. There is no name like yours, Father. You are the greatest, Father. We love you, Father. We are we are so happy to be your children. We are so blessed beyond blessed to be your children. Lord, you are worthy of our praises. You are worthy of our adoration, Father. There is none like you throughout all the earth. And Lord, I just personally thank you as I sit right here in my kitchen, Lord, that you allow me to be your voice, Lord, to a world who is broken, to a broken world, Father, to a world who is afraid, Father, to a world who feels defeated by the enemy, Lord. Thank you and praise you, Father, that you use me and allow me, Father, to be a voice to these people. And I'm honored and I just bless you and thank you, Lord. It is a privilege and an honor and I pray, Lord, that you will never, ever, ever, Lord, allow me to ever abuse that gift that you have given to me, but let it constantly be used only for you until my last breath on this earth. Just thank you and I praise you, Heavenly Father. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Thank you that we cast off fear and we put on praise and faith, Lord, in you. We will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day, Father. We will not be afraid of our enemies stalking at night and prowling around, Lord. We will trust in you because you have given us the victory. You have given us the victory in Jesus' mighty name. We hold the victory through the sword of the Spirit, the word of God on which we stand. And we just thank you and we praise you, Lord. Thank you and praise you, Heavenly Father. We are not defeated. We are victors. We are conquerors. And we stand on the truth of your word and your testimony, the testimony of Jesus Christ. We just thank you and praise you and give you all the glory. And Lord, I give you all the glory. That not of myself, Lord, it is you who uses me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Amen. God bless all of you. I want to leave you with a word. It is James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, the word draw near in Greek in the Strong's Concordance says to join one thing to another. Join your heart with God. Remember, I revealed in a previous video that when we give praise to the Lord and we sing praises to him, and I proved this scientifically, we are actually joining our hearts with the heart of God. Cleanse, Strong's Greek says to free from defilement of sins and from faults, to purify from wickedness, to free from guilt of sin, to consecrate. Draw near to God. In other words, join your heart with God and he will join his heart with yours. Cleanse your hands, 
purify, consecrate you sinners, those of us who are sinning, anyone who sins is being a sinner. Now Strong's Greek, now here's the Greek version of heart, what the Greek says, I've shared with you the Hebrew, this is cardia, the center of all physical and spiritual life, the soul or mind, the center and seat of life, the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavors, understanding, intelligence of the soul so far so it as is affected in a bad or good way seat of sensibilities passions emotions and desires so let's see what it says next double-minded disikos in greek wavering uncertain doubting divided in interest to spirited okay so let's reread that verse james 4 8 draw near to god he will draw near to you Join your heart with God. He will join his heart with you. Sing praises to God, and that will cause your hearts to join with God's. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Consecrate yourselves. Stop purposefully sinning. Purify your heart. Same thing. Purify. Consecrate your heart. Cleanse it. Do not be double-minded. You can't have one foot in heaven and one foot in hell. Now, next. Verse 9, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. What is this? God telling us to lament and weep and have our laughter and joy turned into mourning and gloom. Why would God want that? He wants us to rejoice in him. Well, I'll tell you exactly what that means is endure misery and mourn over your sin and wretchedness that you have had through sin. Repent with deep sorrow. That's what it means. In other words, God is saying to you, when we give up sin, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's miserating to give up sin. It's miserating and painful or can be to not obey the desires of the flesh. Mourn over it weep repent with deep sorrow from your heart that's true repentance and then you know what else to do you know what'll happen so i want to share that with you because i read psalm 91 to you and what to do and the plague will not come near you so it's important that you understand what god expects from you and if you want to go look that up, that's James chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. He wants you to draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. He wants you to consecrate, consecrate yourself. Stop doing sinful things, intentional sinning. Repent right away when you do fall short in sin. Purify your heart. Okay, we've talked a lot in the last few videos about how to do that, and I don't have time now to re-go over all that. Don't be double-minded. Remember, one of the words in Hebrew for heart was double-mindedness. Okay, so do all of that and then offer up true repentance that comes from your heart. It's going to be painful. 
It's going to be difficult. It's going to pull and tug at every emotion. If it's something that's really, really hard that you've been dealing with, it's going to hurt. But God tells you to go ahead and lament and mourn over that. Mourn over your wretchedness through sin. Endure the misery of giving up sin. Repent with deep sorrow. So I want to leave you all with that. Very important. God bless all of you. I love you. Please continue praying for me and my family in this ministry as I pray for you and your family and your ministry, if you have one, your life. So remember me in this ministry and your prayers. And again, if you feel led or moved to give a gift, please help support me that I can continue bringing the truth to people all over the world. God bless all of you. Thank you so much. And until next time, remember that Jesus Christ is Lord and God is in control of everything. But you need to do a little bit of work by trusting in him and not allowing fear to rule in your hearts. God bless you.